this every week online that can't be here. And uh, I just wanted to thank them, everybody online watching, whether it's today or way in the future. And I wanted to show them a little South Point love. Can we do that? Just give them a little. Yeah. That's for you. Sometimes when I, I watch it to check on it, and sometimes when I watch it, I'm like, I don't know if they know I'm here. You know, it's like, so we know that you're here. We know. I also wanted to tell you something, uh, that this is how I fight my battles. Did y'all know that? No, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. This is how I fight my battles. And sometimes you may look at me and think that I'm surrounded by my circumstances. I just don't want you to know that he's surrounding me, all right? Just want you to know that. Woo! I'm going to get me a t-shirt made. I'm going to get me like a tattoo on my hand. So every time I look at that, I'm like, yep, that's why. This, this is how I fight my battles, like that. And it's, it's good stuff. That is some, uh, that's, some, that's some teaching right there. That'll, that'll work. Well, uh, hey, as we, as we get into this series... Uh, I want to I want to remind you of something that Pastor Michael just touched on, and it was on our announcement video also. So I'm going to strike three it. Okay, middle of July we're going to have a, a churchwide serve day. It'll be mostly coordinated through our small groups. So, uh, but that does not mean that if you're not a part of a small group, you can't be a part. We want everybody to be a part. We're going to have multiple. Uh, outreaches, multiple ways to serve throughout the community and several different communities, and we want you to be a part of that, all right? That's going to be amazing. As, as you gave just a few minutes ago, your giving goes to support things like that as we reach out to the community. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago with our, with our single mom shout out, we were able to bless some single moms over Mother's Day. Your giving is able to do that. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I want to show you a picture of it, something we're going to try to do this summer. And it all depends on, oh, it's not there yet, but we showed, it'll be there in just a minute because I'm going to talk until it gets there, okay? That's what we're going to roll with this. But we are, we're going to put a sign out by not, not the 134th Road, but our drive, when you come off of uh, Straka Drive into our driveway, because we've had just so many comments over the years. We get used to looking at our building. We know it's South Point. We know it's a church. We know it's probably the most incredible life-giving church in the world. Yeah, there you go. But people that live around us and drive by us and all that always don't know. Is it up there? Yeah, kick it up there. Um, always don't know. So we're going to get a sign made this summer, and it all depends on, what is it? Or giving, right. Because we don't want to take, we're not taking finances out of uh, payroll for that. We're not taking finances out of kids for that or out of students for that. This will come off the top, the extra that we have. So as you give, we want you to know that th that's what we look for. How many extra outreaches can we do? How many extra events for our kids or students can we do? How many extra things can we do to do stuff like this so that the people driving by every day, tens of thousands of them, are able to see that is some place I need to go check out. Sound cool? Yeah. Fantastic. All right. I'm excited about it. Um, I'm, I'm just believing in the future. As, as weird as things are, people are going to go, yeah, it was when y'all put that sign up. I didn't know what, what, what that was, if that was a convention center, what that was. It's a visitor center. You enter into Oklahoma City, you just pull off, and we'll give you some brochures and Jesus. How about that? But hopefully that sign will just be a part of the many things that are going on here at South Point to touch people's lives. So grab your orange bulletins if you have those. We're going to jump in to uh, the first First message of this series. And, you know, let me just tell you, I'm excited about this series because about every other week throughout the whole series, you're going to get to hear our staff members, other staff members speak all summer long. I'm speaking about every other week about, we're not telling you when, so you can't skip. Because we want you to hear us all. We want you to hear the heart, the passion of all of the people that are your pastors, your leaders. So that's what we're going to be doing this summer. It's just going to be a great, 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 great series. Are you excited about summer at all? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, this weather right now, besides the storms, is about perfect for me. That, that 85 and partly cloudy, bring that all the time. I love that. I love, like, one of my favorite things to do in summer, I have a, I have a four-door Jeep. Can I just tell you, this is therapy for me. About an hour before sunset, me and Jenny will go you know, get an ice cream. We don't even have to have anything to do. We'll just, you want to go to the north side? Yep. And we'll just drive to the north side, take the back roads and drive to the south. We'll take the doors off, leave the top on, kick on a, probably worship music or an 80s playlist. Uh, <laughs> and listen to a little Eddie Money. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, somebody say preach it. Yeah. Uh, just... Uh, just heading down the road uh, way below the speed limit and, I, and and that's why I love summer it's one of the reasons like that because you can't do that when it's 37 degrees below zero and the winds blowing 400 miles an hour right and and there's great stuff throughout scripture believe it or not where God uses summer God uses summer as an analogy for me and you and I, I'm gonna read you one sentence when God spoke to now he was he spoke chapters but I'm gonna read one sentence out of that about summer when God spoke to the people of Judah, now this is just a few hundred years before Jesus, uh, before Jesus was born. This is to Judah, which is after the nation of Israel got in some trouble and it split. Judah is the south part of the kingdom of God. That's Israel and Judah. God speaks to them about their spiritual condition and uses a little bit of summer analogy to get that. So here we go. Listen to what it says in Jeremiah 8.20. One sentence. It says, the harvest is past, the summer has ended, and we are not saved. That's pretty rough, isn't it? Like what God is saying is, here's a physical analogy, something that you do all the time, and I'm going to teach you a spiritual truth about through this. Because summertime is the time of harvest, isn't it? Like that's the time. You don't plant most of the time in summer, not most things, but you plant either in the fall or the spring, and the summertime is when you harvest those things. Anybody planted a garden this year? Good, good. I'm just checking it out because I'm expecting some tithing fruit. And then vegetables. I'm kidding. Uh, I, I usually plant a garden until this year. And uh, my garden got mowed over yesterday because it's too many irons in the fire. So just mowed it. That's cool. That's recycle, right? We're going to do it again next year. But this is the time, like really right about now, I've been watching uh, Pastor Michael's The Big Gardener. And I've been watching some of his uh, posts and stuff. He's getting little cherries off his cherry tree. And some other things are already coming in like this is the time, church. This is the time of harvest. All right? Everybody say, preach it. Preach it. You, don't even, you don't even know what you're yelling about. But this is the time of harvest. This is the time that God says can be a great opportunity for us. Listen, we just talked about all the, those physical things that we can get outside more. We have more time. We get to do some things that we love that we can't do in the winter. And, and to boot, it's supposed to be a time of harvest. And he's speaking to Judah about their spiritual condition. Listen, you, you had a time, an opportunity. At the beginning of this, here's your spiritual condition. And you had this opportunity, the summer, while you were harvesting everything. It says, summer's over. We've already got all the harvest. But guess what? Nothing's changed spiritually. And my goal for this series, as we just give you our guts spiritually in this series, my goal is that summer would not be a time we just kick back spiritually we can kick back phys physically i'm gonna do some of that if i can be really honest with you i'm leaving after church today and i'm driving to florida i'm gonna do some kicking back in fact i love florida so much when you drive into my garage on the right side i have some shelves and there's a tub about this big it's got to get these size 13s in it because 
One year, when we went to Florida, I went and got me a Tupperware. And I scooped me up a Tupperware full of that white sugar sand. I know, don't report me. And I put it in my trunk, and I drove it home. So we have some Florida in my garage. And you know what I do throughout the year? And I'm thinking, man, I miss Florida. We didn't get to go this year. Ooh, I'm going to go get my Florida. And I take it out, and I go in my back patio, and I open it up. You probably don't want to share it because my feet have been in it a few hundred times, all right? And I sit down, and I put my feet in that, and guess where I go? I go to Florida. Just kicking back because that's what you can do in Florida. You can't do that in the wintertime, right? Your neighbors will stare at you. This, this summer, I want you to think about the things you're going to do physically. It's awesome. Let's plant a garden. Let's take a trip. Let's see some things we haven't seen before. But can I challenge you from your pastor? Can I challenge you? Let's not take summer off spiritually. In fact, usually attendance is not as great in the summer. So you know what that means? You can sit anywhere you want. Right? Your neighbor that's scared when you fight your battles like this, you don't have to worry about them this summer. They're not here. Come on. And, and you can just go after God and get all that you can this summer. I just, I just don't want us to be Judah. I just don't want it to be August and school's starting and we look back and go, wow, man, I heard that church. And then you show up. You show up in August. Been busy all summer. Didn't take advantage of it. Summer's over. And there's no room to sit. We're fixing to go to a third service. Because people have been getting their Jesus on in here. Been fighting those battles. The church has grown. It's totally changed. And we missed our opportunity. Not at South Point, baby. Can I just tell you that? We're going to give you all that we have as a staff this summer because we're not going to be Judah. After the summer's over, after the garden's dead, and we're going back to school, we're going to look at each other and go, that was the greatest spiritual summer in a long time. Till next year. Amen? Till next summer. So I want to give you some things, some direction for that today. Out of God's Word, I want to give you some direction and some things that we'll look for all summer, that we'll pitch at, that we'll preach at, all summer long, all right? It's in your notes. And this is kind of the goal. The first one is kind of the goal for this summer. You hear it a lot at South Point. You hear this word steps, but I want to challenge it. Let's take steps this summer. The, the reason we talk steps a lot at South Point is because that's an incremental measurement that it's really not physical, but it's an incremental measurement in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've been at this level spiritually. I, I haven't really prayed a whole lot lately. I haven't, man, I haven't memorized a scripture in five years, whatever that is. And let God speak to you during worship. Let God speak to you when you drive into the parking lot. Let God speak to you in the message and say, here's your next step or two or three. I want to draw you to me. I want you to grow this summer. Man, this is the time that the sun is out and the weather's going for growing. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the season right here. And, and let me just also tell you, I'm going to be real with you. As that happens, there's a flip side to that. And I hear it all the time. As, man, I just started reaching for God. I started doing great things. And I told my friends. I told my family. And I was inviting everybody. And then the world breaks loose. Things happen. And, and here's why. One of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible, you hear me say it probably every month. John 10, verse 10. Jesus talking to his disciples. He said, the thief, the enemy, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? You got to know that. Jesus said, now, I have come. Anytime you see where Jesus says, I have come for this reason, you ought to just underline that, highlight that. I have come that you'd have life. And not just existence, life. Life to the fullest. Right? Isn't that good? 
Like that, that's what he's saying. Like, I want you to have life. Realize that the enemy's going to come at you. He never stops. But he's going to come at you this summer. And I'm going to give you real quick, I'm going to give you a couple of things. Just, just understanding that. Things that we recognize through God's word. Steal, kill, and destroy. To watch out for this summer. All right? You ready? Elbow your neighbor say, I'm ready. Number one is that the, the thief tries to steal my identity through shame. Unfortunately, he tries to take our identity and tag it to some things that are in our past. Right? Anybody got a past in here? If your neighbor's not raising their hand, just look over at them and grin, all right? Because everybody's got a past. And that's great. I, there used to be a saying uh, when I first got saved back in the 90s, and uh, you'd hear pastors say it every now and they would say, the, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And that was their way of saying that we're all on equal ground with, with Jesus. Everybody's got a past. And if we're, if we're not forgiven of that past, if we don't have that under the blood behind us, sometimes that identity can be stolen from us and attached to that past versus what God says is I got a future plan for you right I, I, got, I got a summer plan for you do you believe that or is this just an amazing message yeah God wants to do something in your life this summer I believe that don't let him attach some of your past to your current identity because the past is gone Jesus said I've, I've done away with that I've cast it as far as the east is from the west measure that it's gone. I got a future plan for you. I got hope. I got purpose. I got direction. Let's get on with that. Amen? Amen? So he can't steal that. He can kill. He will try to kill my potential with pleasure in my life. Can I tell you, this is the subtle one, man. This is the, the kind, gentle killing. He's going to kill that potential in our lives because we settle. We, just, we settle because we have it good. Air conditioner's on 69 because it's Saturday. And the, the bonus hours or whatever, they're, they're free on Saturday. So I'm going to turn down 65 to sleep tonight, right? I, I have 7,200 hours DVR'd. And I'm binging from Friday at 7 to Sunday when I go to sleep. Right? You understand? Like, it, it's so easy to lose what God wants to do in us because we have it so good. I just want to challenge you. Realize that the pleasure is there for blessing and you and I have been given the gift of self-control through God's Spirit. Just control it. It's not evil. It's not evil. It just needs to be controlled so it doesn't kill the potential that God's wanting to do in you this summer. Woo! Preach it, Pastor. And the last one, still kill and destroy. Destroy my future with fear. Listen, when we haven't grown in a long time, it's really easy to say, no, I'm comfortable here. I don't know what the next step holds. I don't know... Telling my friends that I'm a Christian. I don't know, sharing with my neighbor what church I go to. All those kind of things, they bring fear into our lives. And I'll tell you that all throughout the New Testament, so beautiful. All throughout the New Testament, Jesus understands directly that we have fear in living for him. And says incredible things. It's another reason you need to read God's word. But he says that his love, that the love of Christ, the same love that forgave us of our sin, that gave us a new identity, you know what I'm talking about? Same love that gave us the pleasures of life, that love, the same love perfect love it drives out our fear let me just tell you when you start getting afraid can i say just go fight some battles just go hey jesus i just need to snuggle up snuggle up next to you for a little bit and just hear you talk to me hear you encourage me i need to read your word and see that you have a future and a hope for me and quit worrying about things that i can't change anyways amen we ought to just pray right there because that's three points in a message right there but we're just getting started today
I'm having fun today. I, I hope that you are. I hope you're looking forward to this series because God is going to speak. Can I just tell you that no matter how much fun we have, no matter how amazing Aaron and the band are and how amazing the message is, listen, our goal every week is that while we're killing time up here, that God would speak to your heart. Because without that happening, we're, we're, we're losers. We're faking it if God's not doing something in your life. That's our prayer, that the Spirit would speak to you. All right, so number one is this. I don't know if it's labeled number one or number two or number three, but it's number one, all right? Number one is, here's a couple of steps that we can take to draw closer. One is to cultivate God's presence. Did you know that you can cultivate that? You can do things that you can take steps to give opportunity for you to have God's presence in your life. James 4, again, we read, we read out of James last week and the week before, but James 4 says that if we come near to God, he will come near to us. Good grief. When you see scriptures like that, you ought to just, you ought to write that. That ought to be your, your June scripture right there. Memorize that. John 4, 8 says when, or James 4, 8 says when we draw close to God, he draws close to us. Then I'm just going to see how close I can draw to him and how close he'll come to me. Let's just test the barriers here. Amen. Those are some things that we can do. And I tell you, there's a little three little fill-in-the-blanks that I'll give you real quick under there that are not magical, but they work every single time. One is God's Word. You, you want to cultivate some presence in, in your life of God? Go to His Word. And can I tell you, let me, let me give you a little secret. All of God's Word, according to Scripture, is, is God-breathed. All of it. From Genesis to Revelations, or flipping it back, Genesis to Revelation. All of it is is God-inspired, and it's useful in our lives. But can I tell you, let me, I'm going to rank God's word for you in my life, all right? And maybe it'll help you. Like, I'll start at four. No, four, going backward, all of God's word is important. It's my favorite book about God. But if I can tell you what number three is, number three really, let me go this way, number three is the New Testament. Because I'm not caught up in the law anymore. I'm not bound by the law anymore. I'm free. Jesus died and rose from the dead and said, listen, you don't have to live by the law. You live by the Spirit. Amen? Remember our whole March series over Galatians, the spirit or the flesh? That's what it's about. But even, even within the New Testament, number two spot in my life is, is the Gospels, those first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the reason is because is they are the biographies about Jesus Christ himself. They're the people that ran with him and that prayed with him and preached with him and died. Some of them died right after him. Because of their faith in him. That, that's why that's important to me. And even in, even in those four books, number one for me is John. Because it's, it's from beginning to end. It actually starts in creation and goes to death and resurrection and beyond. In the book of John, you can get the whole thing. So I'm just telling you, you want to cultivate some presence of God in your life? Why don't we read about him? Why don't we start in John and then go through the New Testament and the, the Gospels and then get through the New Testament. And then we start all over God's word. The second one is through worship. And can I just tell you, worship is, is my easiest one out of all of these. Because I can come in in a, in a moot mood. I can just be non-emotional. And I walk in and Jenny will have her phone over there playing. And it will be playing like one of my songs. And I can just be like, that's true. That's true. I wish I was in a better mood. I can worship. That's true. And then she'll say, will you help me cut these onions up? I go, yep, yep, I'll help you cut those up. And I'll be, and I don't know if you ever watch me over here or not. Sometimes I have to tell myself, you're a senior pastor, relax. 
because I'm over here and I'm singing with the song and I feel like I'm about 12. You know what I mean? It's like spiritually, like I just met Jesus. He just saved me from my sins. I got rid of that old past. I'm like, oh my gosh, you have a future for me? What about all this eternal stuff? All that kind of stuff. And worshiping him becomes real, very vivid in my life of what he did. I want to tell you, if you'll give him an opportunity and you'll just say it out, worship him. If you'll just sing some songs, if you'll just tell him. And worship's not just with music. Worship can just be, you know what, Lord, I'm having a rough day, and I just want to remind you as I remind me that you're in charge, that you're in charge. Sometimes I feel like I'm surrounded, but i got to remind myself that you're surrounding me. Amen? Amen. And then the third one is prayer. Whew. Anytime, anywhere. When I first got saved, the only way I could pray was uh, like this in church somewhere or on my hands and knees. I'd have to get on my knees, have to get in a chair, you know, or on the couch. That was the only way I could pray because it's the only way I ever saw it done. But now after 25 years of being a Christian, can I tell you that there is not a way invented that I cannot pray. I can pray driving down the road with my eyes open. I can pray at the gym on the treadmill. I can pray in the restroom. All I'm going to say about that. I can pray anywhere. I can pray while I'm washing my face. Because when I, when, I first, when I first got saved, what I, what I was seeing was people, and what I was hearing was people doing these devotions. I'm going to do a devotion, 5, 10, 15 minutes in the morning. And so I started doing that. I started reading God's Word, praying a little bit in the morning. But what I caught myself doing was something that my pastor warned me about. He said, be careful that after you do your little devotion in the morning, you get up 15 minutes early to do your devo, that you don't just stick God on the shelf till the next morning. And I caught myself doing that. I caught myself not even thinking about God unless some, like, some giant spiritual dilemma came up or it was the next morning. And I was like, and after a few months of that, I said, I'm not going to live like that anymore. What I'm going to try to do is when I get up in the morning, I'm going to start talking to God. And I'm going to try to make sure people don't know I'm absolutely crazy, but I'm going to try to scatter that throughout the entire day. I'm just going to talk to God. Sometimes we think prayer has to be so formal. And can I tell you, all it is is you talking to the creator of the universe who loves you enough to give his life for you. Yes. Cultivate that. Cult, you know, take some steps. Just cultivate it. Cultivate it. Second one is this. Connect with God's people. Connect with God's people. Ephesians 2.19 says you're a member of God's very own family. Amen. And you belong in God's household with every other Christian. You know, sometimes I, I will say, or somebody, one of our staff members will say, hey, if you've been to South Point more than twice, you're a part of the family. All right? That's it. That's how it works. And I get that from when I was growing up. I lived in a uh, little, the east side of Duncan was a rough part of town. There was every, every kind of person in town lived in the east part of Duncan. And one of my best friends was Bernie Love. Bernie Love was the second fastest kid in school. Uh, Quinn Grovey was the fastest. I don't know if you ever remember Quinn Grovey played quarterback at Arkansas football till uh, he broke his leg. Just a little Duncan history there. But uh, Bernie was the fastest after Quinn, and then this slow white guy right now used to be really fast back in grade school. And me and Bernie became good friends. And I remember going over to Bernie's house, and I remember the, the first, uh, me and Bernie had been running around for maybe two years, and had, had been to his house a bunch, and his mom started cooking dinner. And uh, she's like, all right, y'all go clean up. It's time to, you know, time to get ready. We're going to eat in a few minutes. And I was like, all right, we'll see you later. And she was like, no, Scott, why don't you just stay with us? And I'm like, well, um, I'm, I'm not family. I know this is your, your you know, your family is going to eat. And she goes, how many times have you been to my house? And I thought I was in trouble for a minute there. And I said, I don't know, like hundreds? And she said, yes, you are part of the family 
come in and sit down and eat with us. If you don't eat with us, it's going to offend us. I'm like, brother, I can sit down and eat some food not to offend you, all right? And, and can I tell you, I feel like that's exactly how God is. Now, like, do you realize, uh, you know what Aaron was saying, that we come in with these, with these things in our life, and sometimes we don't want to say them, but God already knows them. You know, God already knows what we're going through, and we're already family with him. Who we, who we also are already family with, is point number two, is God's people. We, we sure put on a good, I mean, I got my summer shoes on up here. We put on a good act. My shoe game's good today, right? Yeah. yeah. Some of y'all, some of y'all thought, oh, I thought it was on accident he did that. No, it's, what, what I'm saying is, like, we, we don't try to put on for people, like, I can relax. I'm going to wear tennis shoes on stage. I'm, because what's important in this room is that we connect with one another. What's important is that we let you know that God loves you, and we love you, and we're ready to do life with you. Through your good times, when you're celebrating and got the promotion and all that kind of good stuff, that's great. And through the bad times, when terrible things happen, we're still here for you. And can I tell you that if you're not part of South Point, if you don't feel connected with that, this summer is the time. One of these days, if you live long enough, you're going to need a church family more than you can imagine. And it's great to have those relationships beforehand. Hebrews 10 says it like this, and boy, I want to tell you this. I love this version. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider. Let us think about it. Let us ponder. Let us dream up. Let us write down. Let us be creative. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. How can we help each other do what Christ has called us to do? I love that. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Can I tell you, your job in this church is encourage one another to walk with Christ. Isn't that good? Y'all should underline that. All the more as you see the day approaching. And two quick things. One is join a local church. Because we have people every week that are checking South Point out. And I just want to encourage you. If you're not part of South Point, I don't care if it's South Point. I would prefer it to be South Point. I, we'd love you to be here. But you need to get in a church somewhere. You need a spiritual family, a group of people that believe the way you believe in, in the general direction of that and do life with them. Amen? Amen. And once you do that, you need to get in a small group. It's, it's mandatory. And not like you don't have to do it to get into heaven. It's mandatory to be happy and successful in life and to take steps. It, the people that, we are, that are in our small group with, most of them we have done years of life together. We've been through all kinds of celebration and tough times together. I know the masses pretty good at South Point, but I know those people, and they know me and our small group, like brothers and sisters, like family. We know each other very well, and you need that as you walk through life. Amen? You want to take some steps this summer? Cultivate some time with God's people. Connect with them. And the last one is this. Discover God's purpose. Woo! This one's good. Favorite version, Ephesians 1. Somebody ought to write this down. Here's your second verse to memorize, all right? In the message version, it says, it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. That, that sentence right there is good enough, isn't it? It's in Christ we find out our purpose. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs for us, for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. 
Why don't we discover God's purpose in our lives? And here's why I put that in there. Because so many people, church, so many people will go through life thinking that this right here is your purpose. Can I tell you, this is one step of your purpose in life. One step out of thousands. God has given you gifts and abilities and talents and loves and desires and passions for things in this world that you haven't even tapped into yet. That The two things we do at South Point to help with that is our growth track. I think you ought to plan, if you have never been through growth track, I plan, plan this summer to go through growth track. This summer to be a part of it because every week, it's a three-week class, it actually starts today. You could go the second uh, growth track during second service. I want to have you raise your hand. You could do that today. Growth track helps you identify those things, your spiritual gifts, your physical gifts, your personality. And we don't lock you into anything. We it's not a high-pressure sales. All we're trying to do is reveal things to you to give you direction and purpose in life. See what God's doing. And the second one is once you go to growth track, be a part of the dream team. Be a part of the dream team. Be a part of serving others. Man, we, we started something a few months ago where at 9.05, every morning, every Sunday morning, we gather over here with about 40 or 50 volunteers that serve throughout the church, our little dream team huddle. And it's so encouraging to see people each week that in my mind I go, wow, look, look at what God's doing through them. Well, I, I know what they've been through, good and bad, and look at what God's doing through them. And some people, I've, even a couple weeks ago, I even had to ask, where are you serving at? And they kind of looked at me like they were in trouble. And I'm like, no, I, I, I just don't know where you're serving. I want to know. And they told me, and I almost started crying because I was thinking, I could totally see that. I could totally see God using you in that area. Church, we try to do everything we do at South Point to help you take steps, to encourage you, to fan the flame that God has put inside of you. We believe that if you will get intentional about it this summer, that this summer could be the greatest summer yet. I really believe that. Last verse. 1 Peter 4, it's in the message version also. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for. Isn't that good? Including a future in heaven and, a, and the future starts now. What would be a good excuse for not starting now? taking steps now but what would be your first step what's your next step what's God want to do in your life what do you want to do this summer well you say well you know what we actually have a bunch of stuff planned we're going to travel we're only going to be here like five or six times all summer long great what's he going to do in those five or six times what's he going to do when you're not at church between those times what's God want to do in your heart what's God want to do in your thinking what's God want to do in your family can we dream with him we say yes with him take me where you want Lord whatever those steps are in your life as I mentioned that I pray God's speaking to you showing you those things let's pray now and ask God to give an open door some opportunities this summer for those very things in your life can we do that Lord we're so thankful so thankful you don't just call us to church to learn history you don't just call us to church to even learn about the future you call us to meet together like this Lord to hear your word, to worship, and then to take steps. To don't just listen to your word, but do what it says. And Lord, I pray for everyone in this room today that your Holy Spirit would fan 
that little spark inside of them. Fan it, fan it into a blazing fire, a desire, Lord, to, to draw close to you, a desire to connect with your people, a desire to live out their purpose. Lord, I pray that today you would help us by opening doors of opportunity this summer, the next two and a half, three months, the next hundred days, that you would allow us to grow spiritually, allow us to see what you're doing in our lives, Lord. We want to draw nearer to you and you to us. We want to make new friends in, in our South Point family. We want to get connected in a small group. We want to touch our community on Serve Day. Lord, this could be the most incredible summer ever. And we pray that you would give us the heart for it, the desire, and the opportunity today. We say yes, Lord. We say yes. We say yes, Lord. With your eyes still closed and nobody looking around, let's take one more. Let's take one more minute. Let's pray one more prayer. I want to pray one more prayer. Because there may be somebody in this room who doesn't know Jesus. I mean, yeah, you know him like in history. You know the character of Jesus, but you haven't met the person yet. You haven't met the Savior. Be my greatest desire for your life is for you to know the Jesus that I know. And so many in this room know. You know, I want to give you an opportunity now as we pray. I'm not going to call you out or have you come up front, but if you would say, you know what, Scott, today's the day. Today's the day I need to open my heart my life, and I need to invite Jesus in. I need to get to know him. I need to have him teach me his ways. And today, this day, I need to start following him. I need to become a, a believer, a Christian. If that's you, I want to pray for you. I'll let, let God do his miraculous work right there where you sit. But if you mean that today, if that's you, Will you just let me know while nobody's looking around? Will you just let me know by giving me a quick look and just give me a little wave? It lets me know, you know what, today I'm making that decision. Awesome. Thank you. Had five people last week commit their lives to Christ. There's no doubt. No doubt that that's what we need today. Anyone else? Lord, we pray for these that raised their hand today. The most encouraging, most incredible thing that I could ever desire for anyone is for them to know you. And I pray that as they raise their hand today, that you'd do the miraculous, Lord. That you'd come into their life, that you would forgive them of their past, relieve them of their fears, their guilt, and their shame, and that you would show them that from this day forward, that you are in partnership together. That you walk with them and talk with them and teach them your ways that you'll show them the incredible plans you have for their life. From this day forward, you're going to grow them. I pray you'd encourage them to take steps in their faith. When they hear you speaking in their heart, they'd say yes and take steps in their faith. We love you, Lord. We thank you for loving us. It's in your incredible name that we pray. Amen. 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 Would you stand with us one more time? And let's sing it. Let's worship together.